the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. And some people, if you give your life for Jesus Christ, you pour out yourself for Christ, or you you give something costly or extravagant for Christ, there may be some who say, well, that's just a waste. But Jesus says, wow, what a beautiful thing you've done for me. So people might say, man, that's a waste. You're wasting your time, you're wasting your money, you're wasting your opportunity. But Jesus looks on and says, that's a beautiful thing. Have you ever been asked to give up your most prized possession in exchange for something else? Most of us have luckily never had to face that kind of situation, but if we did, it would be incredibly difficult. However, that is exactly what God calls us to do. In today's message, Pastor Dan is going to be sharing a story about a woman that gave up everything for Jesus. She offered a bottle of perfume that costs nearly two years' wages. How much of myself can I give up for God today? Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 26 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Jesus was in Bethany, where he was likely staying. He's having dinner at the house of Simon the leper. Now, this is the first time Simon the leper is mentioned in the Bible. We don't really know much about Simon the leper. Simon the leper was someone, you know, that Jesus apparently healed of leprosy. And as you know, leprosy was a a terminal disease. It was a terminal illness. There was no treatment. There was no cure. Uh, it It was a death sentence. And Jesus healed or cleansed many, many lepers during his ministry as a sign of his Messiahship. If you remember, when he would heal a leper, he would tell the leper, go to the temple, make the offering for the cleansed leper to the priests, as a testimony to them, to the priests, that the Messiah has come and he's cleansing lepers. And Simon was one of the lepers that Jesus healed or cleansed. And the healing of Simon was such a remarkable miracle that after he was healed, people referred to him as Simon the leper. You know, Simon, the guy that used to have leprosy, this nickname just stuck For Simon, he's Simon the leper. People never forgot who Simon was before Jesus healed him. And so they called him Simon the leper. Kind of like that. I think it would be neat if we had nicknames that stated what Jesus healed us of or the sin he delivered us from. Like Billy the liar. 
Sally the manipulator, Sandy the drunk, Gus the gaslighter, you know, and you could just go on with this. It would be a cool reminder that Jesus has made us new creations. And the old man has passed away. And he has made everything new. And praise the Lord, we are not who we used to be. Praise the Lord that our old sin and our old struggles no longer define who we are. Now we're defined by Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. And so Jesus is at this dinner party at the house of Simon the leper. And listen, he's only two days away from the cross. And he's at a dinner party. He's not so stressed out he can't be around people right now. He's not saying, I can't come to your dinner party tonight. I'm going to die for the sins of the world in two days. I don't have the mental energy to be around people right now. I got the crucifixion coming up in two days. I think I'm just going to stay home tonight. Maybe after the crucifixion or resurrection, we can get together for breakfast. But right now, and as Jesus was sitting at dinner, verse 7 says, a woman came and anointed him with costly oil. Now the other gospel accounts help us to fill in some details of this story. John's gospel tells us this woman was Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus, who also lives in the town of Bethany. As I said, she's apparently at this dinner party. So it's Mary. Matthew says she anointed Jesus on his head. John's gospel adds that she also anointed his feet and wiped his feet with her hair. They would sit again. They would sit on the ground. The tables were low. They would sit on the ground on pillows. They would have their feet kind of out behind them. So she came up behind him, anointed his head and his feet, and began to wipe his feet with her hair. Mark's account says this costly oil was worth 300 denarii. Now, denarii was a a day's wage for a, a laborer. And so 300 denarii would be equal to about a year's wages for a laborer. So this, this bottle of fragrant oil that she pours out on Jesus, it was worth tens of thousands of dollars in today's money. This oil may have been uh, her whole life savings in that bottle. They didn't have mutual funds or 401ks. You, you would buy something of value, and that's how you would invest your money in the ancient world. And she poured the whole thing out. The other gospel said she, she broke the bottle open and poured it out and used it all to anoint Jesus as an act of worship. But it says when she did this in verse 8, when his disciples saw it, they were indignant. And they said, why this waste? For this fragrant oil might have been sold for much and given to the poor. Now John's gospel tells us that it was Judas Iscariot that kind of began this whole indignation thing about this. He was the first one to express indignation. And the other disciples, you know, jumped on the indignation wagon with Judas and said, why the waste? The oil could have been sold for a high price and the money given to the poor. Now, if you're a note taker, this is the oldest recorded example of virtue signaling right here. 
Judas didn't care about the poor. He wants people to think he cared about the poor, but he didn't really care about the poor. John chapter 12, verse 6 says that. That Judas didn't care about the poor. He said this because he was a thief and in charge of the money bag, and he was embezzling money from the ministry of Jesus. And he just watched this woman dump tens of thousands of dollars out that he could have embezzled. So then Jesus came to Mary's defense in verse 10. But when Jesus was aware of it, when he saw the disciples giving her a hard time, he he said to them, why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a good work for me. The ESV says she has done a beautiful thing to me. I like that. What she has done to me is beautiful. It's a beautiful thing, Jesus said. What the disciples called a waste, Jesus called beautiful. And listen, give me your attention. When you pour out your life for Jesus Christ, when you pour out your life for Jesus Christ and give Jesus something very costly to you personally or very extravagant, there might be some who say, That's a waste. What a waste. And it might be disciples of Jesus Christ who say that to you. What a waste. You're wasting your life. You're wasting your life on Jesus. You're wasting your time. Spending all of your time reading the Bible and going to church and going to Bible studies. It's a waste of time. You're wasting your money supporting that ministry. You know what you could do with all that money you're just giving away? You're just wasting it. You're wasting your opportunity. You've got a good education. Why would you waste it on ministry? It's just a waste. You, You could go get a real job. Why would you do that? It's just a waste. I remember years ago having a conversation with a, with a woman and she talked about a friend that she had who had gone to medical school and then became a missionary. And became a medical missionary, doctor on the mission field. And she said, what a waste. He could make so much money as a doctor. And he went through all that school. He could be making so much money and he's just wasting it as a missionary. On the mission field. And some people, if you give your life for Jesus Christ, you pour out yourself for Christ, or you you give something costly or extravagant for Christ, there may be some who say, well, that's just a waste. But Jesus says, wow, what a beautiful thing you've done for me. So people might say, man, that's a waste. You're wasting your time, you're wasting your money, you're wasting your opportunity. But Jesus looks on and says, that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing you've done for me. And really, if you think about it, what you don't do for Jesus is a waste. And only what you do for Jesus will last and matter in the end. Of course, we all have things we have to do that we don't do for Jesus, but but it's only what you do for Jesus that will last, and what you don't do for Jesus won't last. 
what you don't do for Jesus will be a waste. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing that is going to count for eternity. You know, there's the old saying, and I probably don't have it correct, but soon this life too will pass, and only what's done for Christ will last. Everything else is just going to burn up the judgment seat of Christ. It's a waste. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. It's a waste. But there will be some who will say, what you're doing for Christ, that's a waste. But really, what you don't do for Christ is a waste. Now look at what Jesus says in verse 11. It's very important. He says, For you have the poor with you always, but me you do not have always. Now, Jesus is not discouraging helping the poor. He's not discouraging generosity. The Bible says a lot about helping the poor. There's a lot of verses about that. He's not overturning what the Bible says about helping the poor. But he does say here that you will have the poor with you always which tells us that mankind will never end poverty. We're never going to end poverty. There will always be poor people in the world. No program, no policy will bring an end to poverty in the world. Poverty will end in the kingdom age when Jesus Christ is ruling as king of all the earth. But it's not going to end before then. The poor you will have with you always. And what is Jesus saying in verse 11? Here's what he's saying. He's saying, you will always have the opportunity to minister to the poor, but you will not always have the opportunity to minister to me. You will have the opportunity. There's always ministry. There's always things you can do. But you will not always have the opportunity to minister to me. I think that's a good word for us, too. I think of... I think back to 2020 when suddenly we couldn't gather the way that we did before. And we took it for granted in some ways until it was gone. I go to a Calvary Chapel pastors conference every year and I have for years and about a thousand pastors and ministry leaders gather together for three days in May and, and we just worship and seek the Lord and it's a wonderful thing and And the guy that hosts it every year, every year, towards the end of the conference, he always says, we may not be able to gather like this next year. And I used to, like, in my heart, kind of scoff at that and think, what could possibly happen that would prevent us from gathering together like this next year? 
And then 2020 happened. That's what could possibly happen, 2020. And we couldn't gather together. You, you don't know the opportunities that you have or how long you're going to have those opportunities to worship Jesus Christ and to minister to Jesus Christ. Those opportunities may pass, or, or you may end up in a situation where you yourself can't actually go or participate in the way that you used to go and participate in ministry. I know for me and my wife, I think I can speak for her too, you know, we, we kind of have this fear of missing out. Like anytime there's ministry happening, like we want to be there. There's a thing going on tonight for the youth. We want to be there. Thursday night, I want to be there. I'm the pastor. I have to be there. But even if I wasn't, And I've joked about this, but people stay till 11 o'clock or midnight on a Thursday. Praise the Lord. Because I know there's probably going to be a day when I'm too old to hang until midnight. Or there's going to be a day when I'm too old to do a Tuesday night, a Thursday night, and a Sunday night, and Sunday morning, and it's just too much for me. And I've got this window right now, I've got this opportunity right now, where I've got the energy I've got the ability, and I don't want to miss the opportunity. So any opportunity that comes along right now in my life, I'm taking it. If I can be around God's people, if I can worship Jesus Christ, I'm there. Because I know I may not be able to do it one day. That things will change. And I just won't have the energy, the ability, or whatever. And that season will pass. And here Jesus says, you will always have the opportunity to minister to the poor, but you will not always have the opportunity to minister to me. And Mary recognized she had the opportunity to minister to Jesus Christ before his crucifixion. He's going to be crucified in two days. Mary understands. I've got this little two-day window here before he goes to the cross and he dies. And, and she wants to minister to him. Yes, she could have sold the oil and given the money to help the poor, or she could use the oil to anoint Jesus, and she chose to use the oil to anoint Jesus, and Jesus commends her for this. And this is about priorities. Please hear me. This is about priorities. Helping those in need has its place, but the highest priority for the Christian is worshiping Jesus. Highest priority for the Christian is worshiping Jesus. Or to put it another way, and please tune in, don't miss this. Ministering to Jesus is more important than ministering for Jesus. Ministering to Jesus is more important than ministering for Jesus. And some Christians have the opposite mindset. They have the mindset that it's more important to minister for Jesus than to minister to Jesus, and they're focused on what they do, and they're focused on serving and doing and doing and doing and doing instead of simply worshiping Jesus. And some Christians even get a little uncomfortable with just simply worshiping Jesus. They'd rather do. They'd rather be busy. This is more comfortable. That's easier for me than just pouring myself out to Jesus and being, you know, adoring Him with extravagant love, that makes me a little uneasy. That's a little vulnerable. That's a little personal. And so I'd, I'd rather do and do and do and do instead of simply worshiping Jesus. And, and their priorities are out of order. 
Worshiping Jesus and pouring out your love and adoration to him is the greatest act any Christian can do. Worshiping Jesus, pouring out your love for him is the greatest act any Christian can do. And we see that principle played out in the life of Mary, the one who's anointing him here. And we see it played out in the story of Mary and Martha that is over in Luke chapter 10. If you want to turn there with me so we can look at it together. This is a story probably most of you are familiar with. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Verse 38, now it happened as they, the they here is Jesus and his 12 disciples, as they went that he entered a certain village, that would be Bethany, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And so now she has Jesus in her house and his 12 disciples. She wasn't expecting them. They just showed up and she invited them into her house. Verse 39, and she had a sister called Mary, what it says about Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. So Mary sat at Jesus' feet and just listened to him talk and listened to him teach and just heard what he had to say. But Martha was distracted with much serving. She was distracted with much serving. The way you can keep Mary and Martha straight when you think of Martha, think of Martha Stewart. She's just much serving. So she's cooking meals, you know, she's putting together like the nice, you know, place settings and everything and the matching china and glasses and silverware and she's doing the flower arrangements and the, you know, the nice food and, you know, making some kind of extravagant, elegant meal because Jesus is here and all of his disciples. But she's also stressed out because she's working so hard to serve. Because Jesus showed up at her house. And I suspect some of you are stressed out because Jesus is coming next Sunday. Christmas is next Sunday. We're trying to get everything in order for Jesus to come. And you're barking at the kids. Jesus is coming. We got to get ready. Christmas is coming. Well, look what happens here. She's super distracted and stressed out. And she approached Jesus and said, verse 40, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. One thing is needed, Jesus said. One thing is necessary. There's one thing worthy of being concerned about. There's one thing that should be the top priority. And Mary has made that her choice. Mary chose the right thing. Mary chose to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to him instead of going crazy serving him. He asked me how I know. 
You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, and he has more to share with you next time. How is what you're hearing from this book landing in your heart? If there's anything that's prompting you to seek out more questions or to ask for prayer in any way, would you be willing to give us a call and talk to us? Our desire is to hear your heart, pray with you, and ask for God to help you with whatever you might be wondering or thinking about. Our number is 410-491-4592. The number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. Just find our info under the About tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. And if you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to learn additional things from this first book of the New Testament. Pastor Dan has more to teach on for Matthew, and we're excited for you to join us as we continue growing. There's so much to appreciate by reading God's Word. We hope you'll tune in next time and be a part of our listening audience right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.